What is going on, Brothers of Discussion listeners? It's another week, episode 22, and it's going to be a recap of Survivor Series War Games, and here with Big Kev. How's it going? Hey, fanboy Dave. It's going good. Yeah, we're going to review and and uh, you know get your opinion on it. I'll, I'll throw my opinion on it. Uh, the War Games, uh, much success this past weekend. Triple H uh, pointed out it was the highest grossing Survivor Series to date, which I thought that was very interesting. Since this new regime has taken over, it has injected excitement and um, the WWE universe, or now that you can say WWE fans, are excited that Triple H is at the head of WWE creative. So it is making people say like he understands the business since he was a professional wrestler first. Uh, versus Vince was more of a, you know, being the owner, but being the producer of the show, like like a movie. Like he wasn't a, a wrestler turned into being in charge of creative. So it's all it's been uh, every ticket, you know, every premiere live event has, I guess, um, almost lived to all, all the expectation and more. Where fans are excited about WWE programming. Yeah, I think so. And I was just going to, we're going to, I was going to talk about it later, but I think we can then start to hear based on what you just said. And, you know, I've been reading reports that uh, fundamentally the company has been a much happier and stable place to work at. The morale is up uh, because of Triple H giving a lot more leeway to the performers. And um, it definitely shows. And then when you, when they're having fun, I think in turn, they're just being genuine. The performers are. As the spectator and the fan, we can appreciate it more. We would want to see it. So I think you're right. I think it's part of that as well is is why this premium live event had did so well. So let's just get right into it. We have the opening match is Team Belair. That's Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Mia Yim taking on Damage Control, which consisted of Bailey, Dakota Kai, EO Sky. Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley. Again, this was a War Games match. Before we get into this match, what is your thoughts about the War Games match as far as how it was presented, as far as the presentation? We had one from each team come out and then being locked into a cage. What what was the presentation like for you? Well, I think it was actually great because, you know, it had been a while since I've seen War Games. Team uh, Bel Air had the advantage, so... They get, you know, they have two people or two people start from each team and then five minute um, time limit. And then the next person comes in. But due to them winning uh, the match um, on was a SmackDown, they got the advantage. So they would get a person from their team first. But the cool thing about it is like all these moves can happen, but there's no pinfall because you cannot have a pinfall until all 10 participants or in the ring, and then that's when War Games actually starts. But again, uh, the first match was the women's team. Anything that excite you uh, specifically about this match? Are you kidding me? Anything? The man, Big Time Bex, was back. My pick that I said, because we didn't know who the fifth member was, you know, on our previous uh, podcast, but I had said it was probably going to be Big Time Bex. But what I, I enjoyed about this uh, compared that will be different from the men's one that, you know, your team captain Bianca Belair is like, I'm starting this match. 
you know, and her and Dakota Kai, you know, and Dakota Kai is, is a great athlete. Um, but just to have your um, team captain in there for team Bel Air to just say, Hey, let's start this right. And, um, you know, just going at it because she, you know, she says she's the toughest, the roughest, the bestest, you know, and having her in there, I think made a strong statement to have her start the match um, for her team um, in the war games. No, I agree. And I think that's why I was saying Bailey was not even, she wasn't even the first, second, third. And I'm almost certain she was like the fourth pick, you know, next to the last. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you. That, that was incredible backflip off the cage. And um, and then Nikki Cross, you know, off the top cage too. I mean, she she really stood out in this match to me. If you had to choose an MVP of this match uh, out of the out of the ten women, who is who are you going to give that MVP award to? Are you going to give it to Bianca? Or are you going to give it to your Becky? Was there aside from popularity vote and the big names and stuff? Was there someone that just stood out and did a phenomenal job with what was given to her as far as this match as a whole? Anyone that stood out? I'm going to say uh, Rhea Ripley. I mean, even uh, you could see the are here the fan reaction whenever Rhea and um, and the man went at it. But for Rhea to be the team player and getting, I mean, the way, the way the world is now about COVID or germs, I mean, germs are bad, you know, but you know, when Oscar spits that blue miss, I'm just like, man, taking that all in the face and whatever. Um, and it's just like Rhea Ripley just, um, uh, took that spot very, very well. And, you know, just trying to assert her dominance too when she was fighting uh, with Becky. Um, so I would have to give her the MVP. Hey, that's a good choice. I, I'm going to go with uh, Nikki Cross, I thought did an excellent job in this match. It's just as far as uh, presentation and performance wise, I thought she did a, a really good job not to take anything away from everybody else. Speaking of the spray into Rhea's face, what a hill thing to do. Um, I don't think it hurts Oscar by any means, but you know, her being a baby face, it just didn't, you know, it's something, it was a spot that was thrown in there, but as much as long as we've watched wrestling, you just don't see that from a baby face. At the end of the day, team Belair defeated team damage uh, through the pinfall. So after uh, the man did like a big, like leg drop from the top of EO and Kai on the table, uh, to get the pin you could just see her butt bouncing up man that was a hard impact and that almost mimicked the same thing she did a couple weeks back when she uh you know did that from the top of the ring post out to the outside on the table yeah i mean that's definitely a move set that could be one of her signature moves going forward next we have aj styles and finn Balor. no i mean you have two uh the best in the business i mean you have a great storyline with this you know, they just put on a click um, with storyline. I mean, um, and I was just amazed. And again, I know we harp on this um, uh, from time to time on a couple of different of our episodes of this podcast, but that Vince McMahon is really gone. I mean, they talked about how Finn um, is the um, creator of the original Bullet Club, which is a huge faction in New Japan pro wrestling. Like, him and uh, Carl Anderson. Oh, Carl Anderson, yes. I'm are sorry. two I'm of the sorry. founding members of the Bullet Club. And like they acknowledged it, like they, you know, said that. And then that's how 
AJ Styles and Finn met and how um, when uh, Finn Balor had came to WWE, AJ Styles was the leader of the Bullet Club and how it just all came together. So friends turned to enemies, rivals. And like AJ was saying, like, this has to end between AJ Styles and Finn Balor. So I, I just thought that was great how Michael Cole just shared the information that's out there because uh, pre-Vince McMahon and, you know, I've even joked about it, you know, be like, hey, it doesn't matter. Whatever you've done outside WWE, that doesn't matter. But to acknowledge that, like, they were champions all over the world and to bring that into the story is just perfect. Yeah, I think it brings credibility to the story. And I feel like Vince McMahon, in some ways, looking back at it, he lost a little credibility uh, because, in a sense, because, you know, when he went on that Attitude promo before Raw, when they were starting to get a little spicy, he he talked about, we don't want to insult the intelligence of our viewers. Well, you kind of are because you're not referencing like, Hey, we know that these guys have been a part of a different organization, things of that nature. Uh, but you're right. He would never have done that, you know, and I get the reasons why he did, you know, did not do that. But at the same time, it's kind of insulting our intelligence because we, we knew, right. But maybe it's one of those things Vince thought, well, what's known is known and there's no reason to, you know, keep, you know, promoting it, if you will. So uh, where do we go from here? Are we getting some more of this uh, AJ Styles and Finn Balor? I mean, obviously the OC, you know, Priest and Dominic got into it. Um, are we going to see a tag team match coming up between those two? Or are we kind of done with this? I mean, maybe we see a tag team between the Good Brothers and Dom and Priest. But I think the AJ Finn Balor thing uh, should be done because that's what they promoted. Or maybe Edge does come back and try to finish it. So that you can move AJ Styles maybe to, you know, the U.S. title picture or just, you know, just in singles action where he's fighting somebody else other than Finn Balor, just so that um, it doesn't get stale. Yeah, I agree with you. What was kind of stale and probably the most disappointing match of the night was the Women's SmackDown Championship, Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi. I poo-pooed on this match pretty bad, Fanboy Dave. It was. Uh, well, I it was... hope you had some toilet paper, but we, oh, forgot to tell, we forgot to tell the listeners that AJ Styles did pick up the win. Over oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, AJ Styles did pick up the win, had the uh, the forearm, the phenomenal, phenomenal. Forearm, uh, forearm, and 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 that got the win. I mean, it was a uh, it was clean, clean finish. So yeah. Um, now back to your poop. Luckily, I had two ply, so you know I had plenty of that. Your thoughts on this uh, match? I'm kind of lost with giving any more praise to Ronda at this point, to be honest, performance-wise. I don't see any improvement to me. I don't see any improvement into her performance in the ring. Your thoughts? I, I don't really know how much to say about this match, to be honest. I think Shotzi did pretty decent. You would think at some point Ronda would take that next step as far as performing these wrestling moves and stuff. I just, I don't know. I'm lost for words, to be honest, about Ronda and her in-ring work. Well, like I told you, and... um our last episode that Shotzi isn't a number one contender. Yeah. I don't know if they're just trying to give her more ring time, um, you know, with uh, Ronda Rousey. But I mean, like you said, this match, I mean, heck, I, I would have been happy to see Ronda fight Natalia again, but due to her injury, 
or be not, maybe that was the plan before she got her nose broken and they just had to put somebody in there. Um, but because you didn't want to see Liv again, they just could have put somebody else. I think that would have gave Rhonda a little bit. Um, you didn't think Sean, I, I thought Shotzi actually outperformed her from a wrestling standpoint, a little bit looked more fluid. Rhonda wasn't as fluid, and I don't know if it's one of those things where you can't teach an old dog new tricks because UFC. When Ronda was there, it's not very fluid, right? It's not choreographed in some of these moves. And so I get that. But at this point, she's been in this ring for a couple of years now. She still looks so um, tense. Uh, I don't know if tense is the right word, but she's not fluid. I don't know. I mean, that's just what I observed. Did you not observe any of that? or Observed feel, that it was a one-sided, one-sided match. And yeah, glad that it, uh, I mean, it didn't take two too long for Ronda Rousey to get the W and but like where do you move on from here I mean you're gonna have to have her fight Shayna Baszler eventually but what is up with her makeup I I, I don't know what they're doing with their eyeshadow <laughs> I don't know either it's no, very like I'm not odd. taking anything away from the ma- I'm glad it was short I, I understand why it was what it was but I'm just kind of picking on Ronda a little bit because again you know I was a fan of her and I was hoping to get the mean bulldog Ronda Rousey. I'm just not seeing it. I think it's not authentic for her to be that person. Maybe that's just the problem. I, I don't know who, who challenges. Uh, I mean, do we get Charlotte Flair coming back? But do you, do we see um, Charlotte, which would be kind of contradicting, right? Cause you would have a hill versus a hill right now at this point, or does Charlotte come back as a baby? We'll, we'll have to see. I mean, Charlotte's better as a heel, just like her old man. Agreed. Woo, sure. The nature boy. But you're not gonna bring Charlotte. You're not gonna bring Charlotte back before the Rumble. I don't think so. Oh no, yeah, no, I, yeah. I'm thinking kind of more mania is what I was projecting. Hey, the reason why I'm kind of picking on Ronda there is because I thought this match was the match of the night up until this point, and we can talk about the later. And, and this one could be arguably the match of the night still. I thought Seth freaking Rollins and the Almighty Bobby Lashley and the A Town Austin Theory. I thought for the United States Championship, this was probably the match of the night. It exceeded my expectations of what I thought, you know, because last week we talked and you you probably heard the disappointment in my voice. I'm like, oh, we've seen this before and didn't know what to expect. But man, did these guys work their butts off. Holy cow. I was thoroughly enjoying this match, specifically the cardio that Seth has. I mean, he's he's this this generation's HBK. I mean, good Lord. Did you see, I know you saw, I'm just going to say, do you remember when he was running in and out of the ring when he was diving through the ropes? I mean, he did like, what, four or five of those back to back? I mean, just the endurance to have to do that. I, I like that that uh, segment. And it was pretty cool to see the uh, hurt lock. He hurt locked both Seth freaking Rollins and Austin Theory at the same time. Bobby Lashley did. So anyway, I have nothing but great things to say about this match. I was actually kind of on my edge of my seat at this point thinking, oh, man, this is great. What's your thoughts about this match? Yeah, no, it was a good match. I mean, the new, the now theory that's not a kid or saying I'm the youngest this and that came out to fight. And I mean, he went after Seth then he went after Bobby, like not really trying to run around like, hey, let's go. Let's go to war and let's fight. And, um, you know, Bobby, the almighty, is just so dang strong. I mean, he picking up Seth Rollins and throwing him down like a rag doll, like, God, dog. But that Seth Rollins um, curb stomp on um, 
the almighty using uh theories back to get even higher i mean that was a that was a neat spot as well too i think this really showcased all three men's uh skills uh skill sets of course we saw last year's strength uh theories athleticism and just raw and speed is what i can sum that up what i was talking about earlier i thought the spots were creative and they were very well executed all all three guys are pros. I mean, uh, if you had any doubts about theory, just Lashley just being a big man, there's no second guessing on him. These guys can go. Um, well, of course, the fans were saying this was awesome. I mean, they were all excited about that. That was legitimately, I saw the crowd reacting. This is awesome. Like, I didn't, there was no anything disingenuous about that. It was definitely awesome. And like I said, I had nothing but great things to say about that match. I, the again, only I, bad part was the ending. I mean, Bobby Lashley did look like he got the full spear on Seth Rollins. I mean, uh, I think that was the only thing that could have been a little bit better. Yeah, a little cleaner. Yeah, a little cleaner. But, like but I said, yeah, as overall, it was really, really good. But the see, best you part, can, see, you can be big, Kevin. You can nitpick a little bit, too. <laughs> but the best part was the ending and for your new United States champion, the guy that says the now Austin Theory. Yeah, I, I think this is great. This definitely, all of a sudden, the company kind of boo-booed on him for making him cash it in on uh, the money in the bank specifically when I say cash in. Uh, the briefcase for the United States title, not a major championship title. You know, it, it, they really cleaned it up well with him winning this here and getting some redemption here. This works because I really do think Austin Theory needs a title right now. Uh, Seth doesn't, as you know. He's always in that main event picture, and you can insert him. And Bobby Lashley already has credibility himself, you know, just been in the company for, for a while now, the longevity, and just because he's just a, a freak. And, I mean, he's so strong and powerful. He's really the, – the fans, the universe has definitely bought into Lashley uh, definitely over the past two years between the Hurt Business and then him going independently. Great work here. Again, I can't say really anything bad about this match. Uh, so far, it was definitely the match that I enjoyed the most up until this point. But you're right. Where do we go from here with Theory? Do we see AJ Styles? I like your thought about AJ Styles because you got to remember, AJ Styles was you know, you know, United States champion for a while. Do we see John Cena make a scene? Because he was trying to make that belt relevant. Uh, there for a while they were trying to use that as an intercontinental championship match title type feel to it and you know try to make that relevant do we get any of those combinations coming up you still like the AJ Styles here yeah I think uh, AJ uh, Austin feud would be uh, okay right now because you could have Seth try to go after the tribal chief um, or just have him and Bobby Lashley have their issues uh sorted out without the title um but i would think that theory would still want to keep the u.s challenge um still going you know just to show that he's a fighting champion and that he's the guy since that's what seth said he was that's the most important title on monday night raw um so i think that um just you know you could still do that but have theory have the open challenge and see who comes out um, to try to take that title away from Theory, who was holding it for the second time. And it is, well, we'll uh, definitely right have there. to find out. And those are good observations and good uh, paths that they could take for that. 
Hey, we're going to take a quick break here on Brothers of Discussion. When we get back, we're going to go over the main event. It's the Team Bloodline taking on Team Brawling Brutes. Uh, we'll be back here on Brothers of Discussion with Fanboy Dave and Big Kev. And we are back on Brothers of Discussion, and we're going to talk about the main event. Hold on, hold on, Big Kev. Let me tell you something. You got everybody all excited uh, last week and he even told me that, well, this is what's going to happen. You said there was going to be Bray Wyatt versus L.A. Knight. I watched the whole show. I didn't see it. What happened? When you find out, you let me know because I was expecting the same thing. As you know, back on SmackDown this past Friday, a little altercation with L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt, the lights went out. And we didn't get anything. It was like as if the match was not going to take place. So I don't know. They're spinning this off for a different night. And we'll talk about They even that. showed, right? They even showed the Survivor Series with uh, both participants, right? Yeah. It, it showed me on the card. I was anticipating Bray Wyatt and LA Knight going at it. Maybe that's when they kind of paused and thought about this and like, hey, we can't really defeat one of these guys yet because we're really starting to project these two. I don't know. Maybe they're just kind of building this up even more. It sounds like they're going to build it up more. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I could think of is that he was in a sling and he still had a, a what do you call it, a crutch. So maybe he wasn't yeah. clear medically. Maybe yeah. that's what they can say, like they didn't have the fight. But I was just, I think a lot of people wanted to see Bray Wyatt. I know I was excited about that. And I was like, what the heck? But needless to say, we, st we still weren't uh, disappointed because now it's time for the main event. It's time for the main event. And don't you ever interrupt me introducing you to the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. It was Roman Reigns, Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso, Solo, and Sammy Zayn. But remember, tell our listeners that Jay was trying to put it in the tribal chief's head that Sammy wasn't loyal uh, earlier in the in, in the pay-per-view. I mean, sorry, premium live event. And yeah, you're taking the you were taking the words right out of my mouth because that's exactly what I was talking about. And I was going to say, and do we finally see something come up, Jay and Sammy? We sure do at the end of the night. Whoa, whoa! But, but I'm not I'm not getting there yet. But I'm just telling our listeners prior to Jay was one on one with Roman in the locker room, the tribal chief, saying that, "Hey, look, I saw him talking to Kevin Owens at SmackDown." And he was talking about it. And I think Sammy's going to, you know, dog us. He's going to turn on us. Roman Reigns says, I'm going to ask him. I'm going to look him in the eye. I'm going to see if he's honest or not. And sure enough, Sammy goes in there because Paul Heyman gets on the phone telling him that the tribal chief wants to see him. So Sammy Zane's in there and he's looking Roman Reigns dead in the eye. And he's telling him, hey, look, Kevin did all the talking. He said that y'all were going to turn on me and that I should turn on you guys before y'all do to me. And he was being straight honest with him. And so Roman took it for what it was worth. Jay came back in right before the match. Hey, did you get to talk to, you know, Sammy? And Roman said, I got all the information I needed. And so here we go. Teams are coming out. We got the team bloodline, of course, and again, team brawling brutes that consist of Sheamus, Butch, Rich Holland, Drew McIntyre, and Kevin Owens. And Butch started the match out with Jay. And one thing that I am praising is this is old school wrestling. 
Do you know why I'm going to say this is kind of old school wrestling when they kind of kick things off? Because they do holds? They were actually doing holds, and they were actually, Butch specifically, was really working on a body part. He was working on the finger specifically. It wasn't just his, hey, I'm going to pull his finger out of his socket, and then I'm done with it. He kept on going back and working that hand. Uh, definitely uh, something that, speaking of James E. Cornette, would be super proud of. And I can't wait to hear his review on that because I think he's going to point that out. He was actually having a good wrestling match. And I thought those two, you would think, man, I don't know if I want Butch to start out, but he did a good job. And, and you talking was- about Butch. Butch is the most seasoned, the most War Games participant um, in this match. Yeah, through his participation at NXT. So I agree, but uh, just can't discount his talent also. But uh, but yeah, so we get uh, Jay and Butch to start things out with. And they did a good job. And, well, we then, started- and then, of course, um, since uh, Team uh, Brawl and Brutes have the upper hand, uh, Rich Holland comes in next. Yeah, the and- Brawl and Brutes, as, yeah, Rich Holland comes out. And then, of course, he starts cleaning house. Of course, you get the tag team in there, the Brawl and Brutes taking on Jay and he's trying to hold his own. And then here comes team bloodline and Sammy Zane comes out. But before Sammy Zane came out, we thought we were going to get Jimmy. Jimmy and Roman said, no, let Sammy needs to go. So this really kind of opened up the storyline between them two. Hey, y'all two need to work together or it's going to be dysfunctional for the rest of the night. So we're going to have to figure this out. And Sammy went in there, started helping Jay, and uh, Jimmy goes in, and then yeah, there are two participants. Uh, Roman Reigns is last. Solo Sakai, when he got in, and him and Drew McIntyre just going blow after blow because he oh, was great. Street champ versus the Celtic. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, versus um, you know Drew McIntyre. Celtic word. No, Celtic word Sheamus, but yeah, I... I'm sorry. Yeah, versus um, you know that, and they were just throwing some haymakers at each other and. It's so funny because Solo is the little brother of the Usos, but he's the bigger of all of them. And it was just like, man. It's just short, stocky. Um, I loved how he did the Samoan drop. You don't get that as much typically in a match. You do see that, but it was nice to see that. It was kind of refreshing to see that move because back in the day, we would see that quite a bit with The Rock, of course, uh, but also with uh, Rakishi and the uh, Samoans. Um, the head shrinker specifically, you would see that. And so it was kind of it was kind of fun to see that again. Yeah, so they go back and forth. And Sammy, when Sammy came in, I'm going to rewind back. When Sammy came in, he was just like a madman when he came in. He was going crazy. Yep, he, he, he saved, he saved uh, Jimmy from yeah. getting hit um, when um, they were trying to go after him, um, bringing in the tables. I mean, it was just a lot of good spots. Even though there was three tables, it wasn't overbearing, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think they, I think the men did, did well with the weapons as far as what was going on there. Yeah. So we kind of get going and here we go. We have a situation and we're kind of going towards the end. We have a situation where Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns is there and we see. You you missed the, you missed the other part. Oh, go ahead. Where Jimmy and Jay, uh, uh, their fight. And then um, Jimmy, I mean, sorry, Jay invertedly. Uh, hit Sami Zayn when he's trying to go for was yes. It Drew? Was it yeah, Drew? he was doing. The, he was trying to do the super kick uh, to uh, Drew. Yeah, and he ducked and he kicked Sammy, and then Jay's like trying to pick up Sammy, and Jimmy's like, "Dude, leave him alone." You know, like don't worry about him. And so then you're like, "Oh man," you know, Sammy ain't gonna be too happy when he get back gets back up. You know, 
Yeah. And you see, and you see Kevin Owens there towards the end. And what do we see? We we see Sammy turn on Kevin Owens. He gives him the low blow. And but before the low blow, because you know, Sammy had not um done anything physical to uh Kevin. You know, Kevin. they've had some pushing, and it looks like Kevin Owens is about to win this match for the Against ball and yeah, he stuns Roman. And the and the refs like one two and then Sammy catches a ref was holding hand. the ref's hand. I'm so sorry I skipped over that. My mind's going crazy. You're right, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but that was an exciting part for me because you you hadn't seen I hadn't seen that before where the participant the wrestlers holding the referee's hand, and it wasn't just like a quick hold. I mean, he was like holding it. I think he was stretching the official <laughs> a little right, bit. He looked like he was stretching, and then after you see Kevin, like, dude, what are you talking about? And then. He just does. Well, hold on. Before we get to that, I was thinking, did you, for the slightest reason, think Sammy was just going to go, you know what? Screw you. And just drop the official's hand for the three? Was no, there because, no, because no, I mean, me neither. I just was curious. You just hear, I mean, they were like Sammy, Uso, Sammy. The crowd is just behind Sammy. Like, don't get me wrong. You have, you know, the uh, undisputed uh, heavyweight champion in there. You got the Celtic warrior, the Scottish warrior. I mean, you got just big names in there, but this is the Sammy show. The fans are behind Sammy. And that would have been a bad time to, to turn on the crowd and to turn on the Usos. I agree. There's a lot more money to be made with, with uh, little Dick. I mean, Uso. Sammy Zane. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I, I can't believe I completely missed that. I, that was one of the part highlights of the match too. He's holding the official's hand. And he saves. He saves the day. He saves the bloodline from from the one two three with KO pinning Roman. Yes, and we, then then they start looking at each other, and then that's when Sammy does the unthinkable. You do hear a few boos, but Sammy does the low blow. And I think the way this story has been told, it's just been told phenomenally. I mean, phenomenal. Sorry, and just beautiful because. As um, Kevin Owens is just laying on Sammy's chest, he lets him drop to the ground, and then he looks at his most or nemesis through this whole thing at Jay Uso, and basically says, "Here you go." Yeah, he he low blows KO. KO goes down. Oh, I missed the part. I missed the part. I missed the part. Then he put him toward the uh, ropes and gave him the Haluma kick after he looked at the Tribal Chief. After Roman said, go ahead, let's go. You're right. He gives him the kick, and that's what makes KO go down to the ground. And I thought we were going to get a bonsai drop or a Vader time, you know, bomb. But, no, we didn't. We got Sammy looking towards Jay saying, "Go, yeah, go right ahead. Be my guest. You can take the victory for the team. So Jay gets up there, does the splash, one, two, three on KO, and the bloodline wins the War Games match against the Brawling Brutes. And then Jay Uso pushes Sammy, but it's not like a push like once. He pushes him again, and then he hugs him and picks him up. For excitement, everyone's hot, you know, high fiving. Hey, yeah. And then you're right. Jay flips the script in his head, thinking, you know what? Sammy's not a bad guy. I mean, he turned on his friend. He saved us this victory. He allowed me to take my, you know, the finisher and let me pin. And all of a sudden, we have Sammy Uso born. So he is fully accepted is the word. And so. it, 
it looks like the bloodline's stronger than ever. This was fantastic. This definitely exceeded my expectations storyline wise. It was phenomenal. And especially we get closure. Jay gets closure and Sammy gets closure. Well, heck, the whole team gets closure that they're not fighting anymore. Yeah, overall, I give the pay-per-view B plus. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, I think a good good solid B plus, you know. I think it I think it would have been the A of why it was on it, but maybe they just ran out of time or I don't know, because I mean, how do you you have to explain that? And like I said, if you advertise it and don't say why, I can't give it an A because I wasn't the only one expecting uh the return of Bray Wyatt in in action. Well, tonight, and I don't want to jump too far, and I didn't want to feel like we are just leaving this topic, but it kind of flows in. Tonight, we're going to see the fallout of Survivor Series, and we're going to pick up on some storylines to an event we're going to in January, the Royal Rumble, because this is the March to Royal Rumble, which is going to be the next premium live event, as you know, that they shunned away from day one. So we're going to get the Royal Rumble coming up. I think Roman's going to lay low as far as the title pitcher until we get something developing for him. Especially that nothing really happens with the champion in this kind of period until we get to the Royal Rumble, we get a winner, and then we, you know, things really kick off towards Mania. So we'll have to see. But Raw tonight, we're going to get Becky Lynch is going to kick off. Your girl Becky Bex is going to be on there. And get this. Uh, you don't see this very often. It's going to be a commercial-free hour. The first hour of Raw is going to be commercial-free. So that's pretty cool. We're also going to see Dexter Loomis battle The Miz to earn the WWE contract. So we finally maybe get closure to see how that develops. And then we got Mia Yim taking on Rhea Ripley tonight is what's been advertised. So we'll have to see where it goes from there. And then hopefully we'll get some more answers going back to your Bray Wyatt uh, question. Where do we go with Bray Wyatt? in LA night. So hopefully we'll get that on SmackDown this Friday. For sure. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be a decent Monday night raw. It's always big time when you start with big time Bex at the beginning of the show. But I know, I know you wanted to tell our listeners that we are grateful for everyone that listens to our show that takes uh, their time out of their day or night or workout that we have a new country listening to our podcast yeah we, we should sure. share last week yeah in fact we have a couple of um the uh i would say viewers but listeners from india which was really cool because we were talking about india with the WWE network and then i got some big news for those that are listening from india the wwe is planning to have a major show in january in india which is really cool. It's going to be a called Superstar Spectacle. So now you get Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. Now you have Superstar Spectacle. Yeah, that's totally ama amazing for India and like again for us for the other uh, countries that we have. We have Canada, and then Germany, was, and, and of course India. the United States, and India. So we appreciate every listener, uh, in state or out of state. So that is amazing uh, for us and. We thank y'all for sure. But I think the thing for India is the whole Jinder Mahal movement when he became the 50th WWE champion. I think they're just looking for that next star because, I mean, the great Kali, and of course you have, um, you know, Jinder. I mean, Shanky, I mean, he's, I mean, he's all right. Um, even um, who's he's on NXT now. Um, the well, they line. had before that, it was, you know, Big Kali before that. Right, the great, great Kali. Kali. 
So it's just WWE putting their footprint out there, trying to find the next big Indian star that they can uh, get behind and push to um, just have the uh, passionate fans in India to have a role model or get behind a superstar that they can be like, man, if he can make it or she can make it, I can make it in the WWE. Well, I, it's funny you say that because in Florida, this Wednesday and Thursday, the WWE is going to host tryouts at the IMG Academy. Um, so they're really looking to expand their product as far as, I wouldn't say expand the product, but expand their depth chart a little bit and find the new stars of tomorrow. And so uh, supposedly approximately 30 to 35 athletes will participate in this tryout. Um, the venue is going to be... Uh, it's going to be an important venue for them to host this to see if they can find some elite athletes uh, to, you know, see if they can pull somebody out. I know that they've been promoting online because I've seen it. Uh, they're going to be in February in Nigeria. So maybe they're going to find another Nigerian giant, uh, not a Uganda giant fanboy Dave, but a Nigerian giant. Uh, but the search in Africa, the next WWE superstar campaign is going on. So, the next tryout in the U.S. will be uh, in March, it says, uh, in advance of WrestleMania 39. So right before WrestleMania 39, it looks like they're going to have another tryout. So it's pretty cool that people are getting their opportunities. You didn't really hear about this back in the day. It, I'm not saying it didn't take place. It might have been one or two people, but not really kind of opened up to more people than, you know, one or two indie uh, wrestlers, if you will. So it's almost more like uh, the Million Dollar Armor and uh, Major League Baseball was looking for an Indian pitcher. And oh yeah, movie. No, uh, about the cricket player. I believe so. Yes. Yeah, a million dollar. Yeah. So I mean, this is kind of cool that they're allowing opportunities, that they're given opportunities, and it just makes sense to do that where you don't have to travel like crazy and let the talent come to you rather than WWE go to the talent because you don't have the Gerald Briscoes, Pat Pattersons to go search for these talents. You don't have those eyes anymore. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Speaking of uh, opportunity, I'm hoping the surgery that Randy Orton just had will give him the opportunity to come back. But it looks like he's going to be on the shelf uh, for the foreseeable future. And it may be the end of his career, but hopefully it's not. But I know he's not going to he's going to be out for some time in 2023. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I was hoping you didn't say the R word, retire, which you didn't. I did. Jinx myself. No, I saw that his surgery on his back and said that he's definitely going to be shelved and they brought the uh, retirement word up. I'm, I'm hoping that's not the case. Uh, you definitely don't want anyone to retire prematurely and not on their own terms. Yeah, Randy Orton has just been a staple for so long um, and he still gets the crowd going. And there's never been a period where People did not want to, you know, not see him. So hopefully he can recover from this and get back in the ring one more time. So we definitely want to wish the Viper the best of luck in recovery. Well, I think that's going to wrap things up with fanboy Dave and myself, Big Kev, on Brothers of Discussion. This is episode 22, and we're looking forward to next week for 23. See ya! See ya!